but totally and it it's one of the things i miss the most about the desert is i could just walk out of my house and then like all of a sudden be in no man's hills land hills and oh yeah like immediately yeah. it's it's just nothingness oh, um, cool. and there's just like such a connection to it which i know for a lot of people they hate the desert and i get it but there's just something to it there is something there um granted if you ask the people on that particular base they'll say it was an ancient indian burial ground but whatever uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just being out in nature is great and um and the lack of humidity wasn't bad either oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah i agree that sort of connection I mean that's I think that's been just the best part about leaving the church is finding so many different forms of connection whether that be through an internet community uh, mm-hmm. through nature uh, being able to connect to my family in a way that doesn't immediately deal with mormonism um you know my wife and I finding ways to find things that we have in common and things that we like doing together that doesn't immediately deal with religion um and I will admit that's been great mm-hmm. when those things happen but it's also been a challenge and Hi besties, welcome to Not So Peter Priesthood podcast. This is your host Jake Taylor. Um Right off the top, you can reach me at notsopeterpriesthood at gmail.com. Um, you can send your letters, your hate mail, uh, love letters, gripes, whatever. Um, also, if you find like weird shit, like um, like an article, like a you know, there's also moments with the Mormons and still doing that thing. Um, but like, say you find like I don't know some like article or some talk that you've heard from or you know some news about the mormons that you hear like russell m nelson said some shit you know or you know so you can send that my way you know just alert me about something you know and i could cover it on the podcast or um whatever you feel like sending um that would be great uh also you can reach me at on instagram at not so peter priesthood um I'm usually pretty active on there because I have no life. So, uh, but also I'm here for you. So, uh, you just let me know what you want. If you have a quick question or you just want to chat with somebody, I'm there. So, um, that is probably the most accessible way for, to reach me. Um, without further ado, um, <laughs> I fucking hate that I say that. Every time I say it, I'm like, why did I say that? Um, <laughs> the episode to this week is, um, with, uh, very special guest, uh, Stephen, Stephen Kelly. He is, um, on Instagram at xmormon underscore rhetoric. Um, rhetoric is spelled R-H-E-T-O-R-I-C. Um, he is, we have been talking about meeting for a long time and recording and, um, we kind of just, uh, it kept, you know, things kept happening, but we finally got to meet up and it was, 
a really good conversation. Um, Stephen has a interesting situation where he is kind of a part, well, not kind of, he is an apartment member family because he has left the church, but his family, his wife and kids are uh, both still in the church. So he kind of has to walk in line. So we talk a lot about that. Um, and we kind of go on some tangents. So I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoy this episode and let me know what you think. Um, and also you can reach him uh, on Instagram. He's very um, he's very active on there and uh, he has some really good content on his page. So um, enjoy. You are the second male on my show, and so <laughs> you're welcome. Oh, I didn't know that. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's. I don't know. Let's just. I guess I'm. Out. I'm used to you talking to Dusty, so I just. Um. Yeah. <laughs> She's my emotional support Canadian. I have to have her around all the time. So. <laughs> uh, so um, thanks for coming on. Uh, so I did have a, you are military, correct? Like you've, so we have yeah. that in common. <laughs> right. I'm active duty army right now. Active duty army. Nice. Very cool. Um, that's awesome. I, how, how long have you been in? Uh, just over three years. Oh, nice. Very nice. That's cool. So, um, I won't, I don't want to. I don't know if you want to get into specifics on what you do in the army, but so I'm not going to go there. We'll just, <laughs> cause I know how that can be, but, um, hey. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Steven and I have like, we talk all the time on Instagram and like, he'll respond to my story and it's great. And he'll, we rage together. on the <laughs> there. So that's, that's been fun. Um, so I guess if you want to, the floor is yours. If you want to kind of tell a little bit about your background and um, like being raised Mormon or whatever your affiliation with the church is. And <laughs> we were going to focus a lot more on like your time after the church. So, but I guess we can go into that in a bit. Uh, sure. By way of introduction, I um, was born and raised in the church in Houston, Texas. And... I'm the oldest of six children, um, and my, well, so my brother and I are blood brothers, and then my biological dad left, my mom remarried, and my stepdad adopted us, and so for the longest time, you know, we all looked alike, sounded, we all had the last same last name, and didn't think anything of it. Uh, I guess a quick tangent. When my middle sister was an adult, I we were having a conversation and I mentioned my biological father just like offhandedly in the conversation. And she mm -hmm. sort of stopped and she was like, what? <laughs> right. And, and the pieces clicked <laughs> together and she was just like, mom's been married before, um, <laughs> which I thought was a little surprising that of the things that stood out she wasn't as concerned that we weren't her blood brothers but but more of the idea that <laughs> married um but i was surprised i was like oh i guess we didn't talk about that much 
and and that was sort of convenient right because of the name change and we all had the same last name we we just didn't talk about it as a family uh and sadly that theme continued not only with the church but lots of things uh right you just don't talk about certain things and, Mm -hmm. and that's the way it goes especially if it's uncomfortable they that seems to be a Mormon thing. They don't talk about uncomfortable things. So, yeah, were you, you were crazy. all Mormon. You were raised like your family is all Mormon, or yeah. So my mom's second generation. Her her parents converted, and my dad converted. Uh, the man who raised me, he converted just a few years uh, before they got married. Um, and actually, my biological dad, his family, they're all members of the church back to like pioneers and joseph smith and everything um and i guess because of that connection they've always actually stayed connected with us like um i still go to family reunions and things they're all really nice um Mm -hmm. but um i don't know it's just always been sort of a strange broken family (laughs) (laughs) that does seem like a odd dynamic to just kind of and then you you're cohesive but at the same time there's this like thing kind of like in the that you don't talk about kind of thing uh yeah so that right and for my sisters or for this particular sister i realized what the confusion was that my my dad and his twin brother are the only members in his family which is also a large family uh and their church of christ uh but but like we didn't interact with them, uh, and his parents had already uh, died before uh, my parents got married, and so the idea that like my biological grandparents were in town and we visited with them like during the holidays and stuff, like oh well we still had two sets of grandparents, so like it all kind of made sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my older sister caught on real quick, right? She paid attention to the names and was like, something's different. <laughs> So some of us weren't as caught off guard as others, mm-hmm. uh, but but we all grew up together and um, as best we could, I guess. <laughs> um, I guess I'll jump way ahead, but one of the to the my mission, and it's I've probably mentioned it a lot on Instagram, but I've mentioned that um, the South Park episode of Mormons. Oh yeah. Uh, with- so I actually haven't seen it, and I um, <laughs> I revealed that to because I was on Not So Molly Mormon. That episode I think is going to be re- by the time this goes out, people have heard it. But anyway, I revealed that, and Dusty and Katie were like shocked. So I'm apparently I got to catch up on that. But anyway, I know parts of it, so you can you can tell <laughs> what you're. Well, so we're on the same page, actually. Um, <laughs> I also hadn't seen it. Uh, so I was, this was, I guess, 2004 or maybe late 2003, because uh, it was around Christmas time. And this is in San Diego. And we we're at a member's house for dinner, and their son was telling us about the episode because uh, he had some questions. He's like, well, what is all this about? And, <laughs> you know, like we, I followed, the church narrative and i was like that's a really weird lie you know that why would they say a <laughs> stone in the hat and you know we corrected him and told him what the official story was 
but yeah, as walking away and, and leaving, turning to my companion and be like, that's such a strange lie. Like, why would, why would they Matt say and Trey that? Parker come up with a, a rock and a hat? Who would do that? <laughs> um, and so I never saw it. But later on in my mission, um, I was reading a biography of Joseph Smith uh, during P-Day because my companion would take forever for emails. And I was like, well, I'll just read something. <laughs> and because uh, I, I was such a good missionary anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I feel you. I This is bringing it all back to me because I was. it sounds like we were on this mission at the same time because I was 2002 to 04. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. When you talk about like doing emails and stuff, and like, I'm like, oh, yep, that's <laughs> that was the thing. That was the only way you could talk to people. <laughs> Wild. Uh, <laughs> to see elders now with cell phones, I'm like, what? What is this? Yeah. But anyway. And doing TikToks and stuff. I'm like, okay, all right, that's just not. <laughs> Times have changed. Um, yep. <laughs> I can't remember the author right now, but I know remember in the introduction, like he took the time to state that he got a lot of inf- his information from BYU. And I was like, yeah, it's not on the official missionary reading list, but like this should be OK. Um, and I think it was within like the first chapter or so there it was of the, the seer stone in the hat and his treasure digging. And I was like, oh, uh. this is where they got that from. But for some reason, my mind didn't go any further than that, right? Like, I just made that little connection of like, oh, okay, that's where this is at. Um, But I'm sure that's overblown or whatever excuse (laughs) I made in my head. Um, All right. You got to excuse it away because it's like, it's this, um, uh, you can't, it shows a glimmer of like, oh, maybe they're, maybe they're. Maybe there's something to that, you know, and you can't go there. You can't go there. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Uh, and I always look back at that and I think like that could have been a moment for me, right? Like that could have impacted me in a way that turned me where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead it wasn't. <laughs> uh, it just it was just a moment of like, huh, that is weird. And then I carried <laughs> on somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the mission did that a lot, right? The mission gave me a lot of things, uh, blacks in the priesthood, polygamy, um, someone pointed out like, oh, well, I heard that women can't get into heaven without their husbands. And it sort of gave me pause to be like, we kind of believe that. Um, or one gentleman said, well, you believe that Abraham's a God. And I don't remember why, but like I paused and I was like, that sounds, you know what? Let me get back to you on that. And he was nice <laughs> enough to actually like, let us come back and talk to him. Uh, Cause I did like my research and I was like, you know what? Doctrinally, you are correct. We do believe that Abraham's a God. <laughs> and it was, so it's just all these little things that came out in the mission where you really get to scrutinize the religion, right? You have actual study time uh, yeah. and you live and breathe it. Uh, yeah, you're inundated with it. It's just yeah. everything so you like, do. It was 2004, and the one thing that people always talk about from that time period that I know nothing about, apparently other than the South Park episode, uh, <laughs> is Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Talk about that movie, and I'll be like, 
I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Please tell me you've seen it now, though. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will warn you that it does not. There's parts of it that have not aged well, but it is fantastic. Anyway, <laughs> I will gladly look it up. Um, that's been probably the funnest part of leaving the church mm-hmm. is talking to coworkers and anyone else and be like, all right, what movie should I be watching? Um, cause everyone's got a list. It's great. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Oh yeah. But so the mission really built my shelf and, but still came home, got married, uh, went to college, had four kids. And that all sort of happened at the same time, right? That, that was not an order mm-hmm. of things that, that was all, all at once. <laughs> um man our second child was born my junior year of college and by my senior year i was just like uh like uh i have i have a degree in criminal justice and there was an opportunity to do an internship with the u.s marshals they're like yeah but you would have to stay for one more semester and i was just like "Mm, i'd rather just be done i just want to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no more <laughs> yeah oh i don't blame you so it sounds like you lived the you just did all the you followed the formula you're doing all the things you know that's yeah i yeah i hear you <laughs> i fit the stereotype really well and then i guess uh it was about that senior year of college or right before um I had this weird, I, or I don't remember what it was. Um, and without going into a lot of detail, I had struggled with pornography earlier. Mm-hmm. And early on, more or less conquered it, right? Like a span of three years where that just wasn't a problem, wasn't a thing. And I remember cutting someone off or getting cut off somewhere in traffic and just got super mad, super angry. And I was like, Oh, I'll need to repent about that. Mm-hmm. And just going through that simple repentance process. Like there was just this flood of guilt all of a sudden for, for being angry while driving. That was like the exact same thing of trying to get over like masturbation, pornography. And I was like, huh? Right. Like, isn't that supposed to be like the third worst sin? Yeah. And here I am feeling just as much guilt and shame over a little bit of anger and a little bit of road rage and a little road yeah. rage. And I was just like, that's weird. Right. Like, huh. I'm not sure that that's how the atonement should work. Um, yeah. and, I, and I never really had thought oh, about it before. <laughs> yeah. And so <laughs> of all the things to put like the final straw on my shelf, it was, I don't know if sin's real. <laughs> Um, and from there, it became a lot easier to start, I guess, taking things apart as far as the atonement and what's my relationship with Jesus, um, which <laughs> yeah. is another thing that was put on the shelf during the mission. I mentioned my dad was raised Church of Christ. Um, he would frequently say Lord during prayers. And so when I went to mm-hmm. the mission, 
I started at the beginning of my mission. I would, I also prayed like that. And mm-hmm. my district leader would correct me. He's like, we're not praying to Jesus. And I was like, oh yeah, well, but then who do I have the relationship with? He's like, you have a relationship with God. I was like, okay, but who paid for my sins? He's like, well, Jesus, but okay. But how much of our interaction as believers is with Jesus? And when I thought about that, it's really, it's all, he's the mediator, right? Like in Mormonism, yeah. the way that we treat Jesus, in my observation at the time, seemed very similar to the way, say, Catholics treat Mary as a go-between. And, oh, that's uh, interesting. It feels really impersonal. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's I know a really good point really hold on to their relationship with the savior. Uh, but mine started to fall apart and, uh, yeah. That is such a good point. Cause I, I hadn't thought about that that way. Cause, um, they talk about how you're supposed to have this personal relationship with Jesus, but then they kind of separate you. I didn't even think about that with, um, and you don't really even, you can't even like really talk about Jesus. Like you can, but it's like, have you noticed they also say, like, you never, like, me even just saying Jesus, like, they they always, Mormons always refer to him as just, or like, or Jesus Christ. It's never just Jesus. So, and I think that lends to that, too, in that there, I've been thinking about that recently, too, and I was just, that, I'm putting that together now that you said that. I'm like, oh, my God. So that, like, and you can't. Like there's definitely like a separation. I didn't really even think about equating the Catholic with Mary and how we treat Jesus too. That's my mind's blown. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the best example that I understand. Uh, granted, I don't understand other religions too terribly well, but uh, that's that's what I came up with. Um, well, and I, yeah. along the note with the Catholics, too, they also pray through saints. So there's always somebody to kind of like as a go-between, the, from what I understand. And I've, and I've always, like, we are praying to Heavenly Father. And a lot of uh, Christian religions see, us, see Mormons as weird because the Trinity thing, like, they think God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost are all one and the same. Right. Whereas Mormons believe in the separate beings, so it's um, separate but somehow equal. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. <laughs> well, it's all a mind fuck, uh, really. But you know. <laughs> and what is this? I guess my mid twenties, I uh, I started to equate that with the temple, mm. and I. So it's been just mind blowing. Because the temple always seemed very symbolic to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything just seemed super symbolic. I liked the symbols. I liked the rituals. Uh, but the more I interacted with other Mormons in regard to the temple or, or any of those symbols, um, the more I realized that a lot of them took it literally. And I was just like, oh, I mean, okay, I guess to each their own. <laughs> but as I got older and older, I like, so many members of the church just take that temple video to be literal. And I, oh, yeah. 
I kind of started to wonder, like, am I doing this the wrong way? (laughs) Um, Like, we're not putting on these clothes because that's what we're going to be wearing in heaven, right? Like, these, it's all symbolic, and they even say that. Um, Well, so my thing with the um, the temple video was always just like. First of all, it's boring as fuck. But also, I'm just like, um, <laughs> like you're trying not to fall asleep. But if you're, um, like, I, I took the f- first part literal, and then like, you know what I'm talking about? Like when before when they're in the Garden of Eden, I'm like, oh, this is actually from the Bible, you know? And like, oh, this right. is easy to follow. But then like, then there's the part where when they're out of the temple, out not the temple, out of the Garden of Eden. And then there's like Peter and James and John come down and visit them. And I'm like, this has got to be this. This is that didn't happen, obviously, (laughs) you know, as far as we know in the Bible. But like, I'm like, so what's going on here? So that part, I'm just like, um, (laughs) and I never could never could wrap my head around it. I was just like, what the fuck am I even doing here? Like, so you keep going to like. I don't, I still don't understand. I'm supposed to enjoy it because I'm supposed to feel whole. This is the most holy place. <laughs> Yet I'm confused as fuck the whole time. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I re- I'm realizing that to the listeners, they might not have understood how I made the leap from Jesus to the temple. But like with the symbols in the temple, Jesus seems to be apparent. He seems to be part of that. Uh, endowment uh especially with some of the the symbols and some of the handshakes and stuff uh like there's obviously direct references to jesus but the more i met people that took it literally i was like oh okay well if if we're supposed to take it literally that actually removes jesus a lot um because a lot of the times there again jesus is the go-between um he gets direction from God. He sends down Peter, James, and John, or like you're making a covenant with God and Jesus is there, or you're repeating things over and over. So much repetition in that mm-hmm. whole process, which is part of the boring myth of the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which actually, I think the fact that they've taken a lot of the standing up and down out of it only makes it more boring, but whatever, it's fine. Um, to each their own, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know when the last Is time you... Uh, but the last time I went was 2019 and... Or no. Or the end of 2018. And uh, it's just... It's become oh, wow. a very different process. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's recent. So you're just barely... Barely do Like... Leaving. <laughs> I've only actually officially been out of the church just one year uh, as of, oh, wow. oh, wait, no, it's June 14th. So as of June 21st will be one year since I've gotten the letter saying that I'm no longer a member. Oh, wow. So you've officially resigned and everything. Yeah. Um, I, let's see. I told my wife that, I don't believe in God anymore back in 2018. And then for the sake of my family, uh, keeping everything together, I just, I just kept going. (laughs) 
I kept going. And then mm-hmm. after I joined the army, I stopped wearing garments for basic and all my training and everything. And then mm-hmm. when I got back, I wore them for a little bit longer at my first duty station. And then unceremoniously just, and, and sadly, and this is, uh, I guess I indicated earlier that my family didn't always communicate things to definitely communicate <laughs> things like this, but I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just bought underwear and started wearing normal underwear. And, mm-hmm. uh, that caused some, some waves. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, speaking of, that's kind of when I officially started, stop, stopped wearing, stop, start, how do, when I stopped wearing my garments too was at basic because I had stopped wearing them, but I was like, I would wear them every once in a while, I guess, kind of thing. But I would just like for appearances, I guess, quote unquote. And I was just, okay. you know, cause you can tell, but, um, and so I would, or I'd wear like, I bought like white undershirts that were not garments and I would just wear those under just cause I was like, eh, well, nobody's gonna, they look like them, whatever. <laughs> and so, but then when I went to basic, I was like, fuck that. No more. <laughs> um, cause I can only imagine the amount of attention I would have gotten wearing garments. Oh, yeah. Basic. Oh, yeah. Especially those um, mesh ones. Oh, anyway. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So I, I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> It's funny because now I go out of my way. And actually, it's kind of been a little back and forth. But currently, um, I have like all black tank tops. Nice. Uh, and so I'll <laughs> get home and I'll just take off the undershirt and the uniform and just walk around in that. So like I'll, I'll take out the trash and walk the dog and everything in, in my black tank top. And in my mind, I'm like, yep, this is like the most opposite thing I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. a little important to me because surprisingly our neighbors across the street are Mormon. Um and so I'm just like, I need you to see me. I need you to do whatever yeah. you do, but I, I need this confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever judgments you're gonna make, that's totally okay. <laughs> but it's like saying this is where I stand. Like it's it's funny because that's it's such a big deal to them that they're like, so it, it is like, it is a statement that you're making. <laughs> right. Um, which is silly in, in some ways, but at the same time, yeah. uh, I think sometimes the, church, I but... the statement that I'm making in my own house, um, yeah. which I, I do get reminded of occasionally. <laughs> um, especially like when I'm about to go shopping and my wife's just like, you're going to put a shirt on. Right. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I realized part of that's for her and that's fine. Um, the other part is like, Oh no, it's still, (laughs) despite my rebellion, it still is kind of weird walking around in public and it tanked up. Yeah. It takes Uh, a while to get used to for sure. (laughs) It is odd. Granted Northern Virginia during the summertime, uh, the amount of humidity we're getting out here, it's not that difficult. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's probably it's much nicer without the and then that's hmm. I was in uh Florida on my mission, so I was all always just ugh, just 
two layers of, you know, like always wearing a sh- undershirt and like this is disgusting. I'm like sopping wet all the time. And I, uh, anyway, you're either wet with rain or wet with sweat in Florida. I hate it. <laughs> Florida, but yeah, the humidity in general is just so much. Uh, our first mm-hmm. duty station was in Fort Irwin, California, out in the Mojave Desert. And we were only there for Oof. two years. But when I went to go visit uh, parents again in Texas, I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I we live here. <laughs> Granted, I thought the same thing when air. I visited in Utah. But it was for Christmas. Oh, yeah. And it was so cold and there was snow everywhere. And I was just like, ugh, why would anyone want to live here? Uh, moral of the story is there's uh nowhere that is (laughs) as good weather i guess oh no you're absolutely correct um i spent (laughs) one semester at uh byu idaho after the mission and uh oh no way (laughs) yeah yeah so that was uh january 2006 and it just all right we were there at the same time okay (laughs) when uh when the temperature finally rose to not negative degrees, oh, I was so yeah. excited. I was like, this is great. <laughs> this is balmy. Oh my, oh my God. What am I supposed to do? No sweater. <laughs> so, so yeah, I didn't stay there very long. It was just that one semester. That was the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Good. You got out while you, while the getting was good. Cause oh, I was not that smart and I stayed there forever. So ugh. Are you still in the area? Uh, well, so I just moved back to Idaho in November, so it's okay. been six-ish months. I never thought I'd return, but here I am, and it's it's been it's been okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, it's interesting to be like Exmo and super gay here, and I'm just like um. <laughs> what is uh yeah i don't i'm i'm determined and i've this is why i've oh i've i started doing like the moments with mormons that i do every once in a while is um i'm trying to like they're the weird ones <laughs> you don't realize just because you guys have the majority here doesn't mean you guys are normal <laughs> like, so uh that's my that's my thing here lately (laughs) i like to make them feel uncomfortable too like i'm just like if i see them in the gym and they're like wearing putting on garments i'm like i like to kind of just give them like a "Mm." (laughs) that's interesting um i feel like and this is probably a bad comparison (laughs) but there are certain aspects of the military that like they're just little things that they do where i'm like really guys uh, and I will admit, it's more of the military culture. Um, I mean, a lot of the military programs and things they have, they're trying to do their best. And I, I, as far as I can tell, have made good improvements in certain areas. Um, but just especially dealing with a majority of like 18 to 25-year-olds. Uh, yeah. You know, I've only been three in three years, so I'm a lower ranking regardless of my age. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, someone will say something. and usually it's some sort of joke or something or some comment and they look at me like expecting me to react. And I'm just like, no, that's not funny. 
Um, you think that's funny, but that's not funny and uh, definitely not professional. So let, let's do better. Um, which actually a lot of the more senior guys really appreciate just because they're like, well, hey, you're actually aware of what these junior soldiers are doing. You can sort of keep them in line. Uh, which I guess isn't bad, but it makes me feel weird to have (laughs) more responsibility without the higher rank. I was like, well, if you want to pay me more, but that's not how it works at all. No, (laughs) funny that that does not work in the military. (laughs) But I mean, they're trying to improve their culture and I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's a good effort. It's just, uh, I don't know, like with Mormonism, it's hard to change some of those attitudes quickly. Oh. oh yeah yeah i um i ran into this a lot of the same stuff because i was older in the i was in basic at 29 so i was um yeah i was always like one of the oldest guys in my you know anywhere especially my for my rank like i'd have like chiefs that were my age you know and so they would always like kind of lean on me to be like hey you you know the you're older, but you're the same rank as them, so you need to be like the example. And like, but I'm being paid the same, so like, <laughs> like, is it really? <laughs> well, and it's strange since uh, I'm a mechanic in the army, and uh, before this, I was a teacher. <laughs> so, oh, wow. uh, so a lot of other guys, right? They've had experience either with cars or some form of mechanics uh though i will admit helicopter mechanics does not translate over to car mechanics Uh, (laughs) it does give you a false sense of confidence but it does not translate (laughs) um and so there's a lot of times where like they need to teach me things and i'm like okay good great thank you so much uh but then there's life events where they're like hey what do i do with in this situation or hey i'm expecting a kid which actually that happens a lot. And it is nice to sort of be the voice of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other weird one is like when they want dating advice and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I haven't <laughs> dated anyone in 16 years other than my wife. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure I can't help you. <laughs> my only qualifier, right, is like, are they in the military? No, good. Just stay, stay away. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, um, I could never relate with that either. <laughs> like, yeah, I date men, so, <laughs> yeah. And the, the dates I did have with women were obviously just eh, didn't go anywhere, so. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I guess I've been surprised the number of, um, I'm trying to come up with the term that encompasses everybody, but uh, LGBTQ plus soldiers. Um, that like I would never have guessed in the first place, and maybe that's me being naive. But right, I only hear a conversation between other soldiers, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate those situations usually because well one it's real subtle and not obvious to me anyway mm-hmm. um whereas now and that's in my unit right during mm-hmm. training someone heard that someone else was gay and like started making a big deal about it 
and actually it was nice to not be the only voice of reason but actually quite a few soldiers stepping up and be like whoa 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 you can't like that's not a problem if you have a problem with it you're the problem that's Um, right so i mean granted at the time we joined i mean that uh Trans soldiers weren't allowed in the army, but now they are. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that little blip in history, I don't think. Well, I mean, it didn't affect What's any new, soldiers uh, that I know of, but it, I'm sure it did affect people out there. That happened, wasn't that? Because um, we started getting trainings on it right before I was leaving the military, and it was, and then. They're like, this thing's coming. Like, we're going to start having trans uh, service members. But then it was um, kiboshed by Trump. Like, he uh, took it back. And so, like, I want to say 2018, right? Something like that. I could be wrong. Uh, Mm. Might have been 20. Was the election 2016? Or 2016. That was one of the first things he did, huh? Yeah. That's right. Um. Yeah. So. I mean, so I know was, things moved so when I first got to Denver. So it might have taken a while, but. Yeah. And it was like you said, it was a blip, and like, oh, this is gonna happen, but then it just like is here and gone. <laughs> right. But. And I think. Um, and I think it's a good move. I think progress marches forward. Right. The. As time curves along, people are always trying to do the right thing. Um, and I, this is one of those things with the church that I, especially now being an ex-member, that I look back at those little moments of, I guess, those moral situations mm-hmm. where I wish it made a bigger impact for me. Um, mm-hmm. Especially things like Prop 8, when that happened about in 2008. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's still a podcast. I was listening to the Mental the mental Health Happiness Hour. Or I think oh. I'll have to double check. Uh, <laughs> basically, the person being interviewed was like, hey, if you're part of a religion that like has a problem with LGBTQ, you need to question that or that religion that you're a part of. And I sort of thought about it. I was like, hmm. <laughs> and I and I even talked to friends and stuff and be like, all right, why is the church investing so much time and money into this? Like, what's what's the big deal, right? If the uh, was it the twelve article faith about being subject to uh, oh, kings, presidents, magistrates, kings, all that presidents. stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, right? I thought we were always politically neutral. What's going on with this? And yeah. Sadly, um, a really good friend like got upset with me even asking this, and I was like, "All right, I guess we don't talk about it." Okay. Um, we don't talk about it. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, sadly, it's it's just a pronouncing theme throughout a lot of my life. It's just like, okay, we're not gonna talk about it. All right. And mm-hmm. uh, so I would just kind of surrender on that. Um, and what's worst of all, or at least now, is recognizing like, oh, I had the privilege to basically ignore that moral dilemma and just be like, well, it doesn't affect me. All right. Sorry. 
Um, whereas looking back now, it's like, oh, that could have been an opportunity to stand up for the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, when I um, I can remember being at BYU Idaho when Prop Eight was going on, and I was um, I think I've told this uh, on the podcast before, but like the it just I had to debate about it, and I had to like I had to be against gay you know merit you know merit was it yeah about I had to be against gay marriage in my class in my debate, and I was like. I mean, obviously, closeted gay Jake was just kind of like, yeah, okay. But like, in you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't want to do this. You know, like, why are we, why are we even talking about this right now? And wow. then, yeah, um, and it was such a, I do remember it being such a big deal. And I was like, and they even like read stuff in church about it, and like, um, they were. And it is, it is one of the first, and I actually overheard a conversation my dad was having with, and he was, um, he said that's the first time that, like, there's been, like, the church has been, like, that he knows of, that has been, like, so directly involved in politics and stuff. And, like you said, we they're supposed to be neutral, and they haven't really been, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I will admit, that moment was a big catalyst for me to sort of dig a lot deeper. Uh, especially because I was like, wait, is tithing money being used? Um, and that's where the money issue started to become a very big shelf item. But, and then mm-hmm. what, 2017, finding out about the stipend mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then, yeah, I guess one of my last draws was finding out about the Enzyme Peak Fund and, uh, I guess early 2020 or no, that was yeah, the end of 2019. That's the hundred and whatever, hundred and thirty billion dollars. Is that what it is? Is that the? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, so I had stopped. Yeah. Okay. I guess we're back to speed. Sorry. I know we're all over the. <laughs> no, place. you're good. Um, this is how I <laughs> how I roll. We're good. <laughs> Tangents are fine. So, it's good. Thanks. <laughs> okay. uh, so I wasn't wearing garments at that time, and then once that story came out, I was like, okay, I don't want to pay any more tithing. Um, and we compromised at the time. Uh, so my wife is still very much a believing member. And at the time, uh, I agreed to just basically have the tithing check cut in half. Mm. Um, and then after a while, our branch president spoke with us about it. Um, and he sort of sided on the idea of like, well, you know, uh, you pay whatever you earn because my wife was making money at the time. Um, and if Steven doesn't want to pay tithing, like he doesn't have to pay on what he's making. Um, and so eventually we came to an agreement and that was helpful. Um, right. I mean, it's being in a, a part member marriage, a mixed faith marriage has been, a lot of different compromises. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm really pushing my limits <laughs> as I keep doing little things. Every now and then I'll bring up the topic of tattoos and and I, uh, just based on her reactions, I'm like, I, I don't think I should get one anytime soon. That's probably not a good idea. 
<laughs> I think I think tape tops is is probably as far as I can go right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's been so strange being an ex member and being like, oh, this is how normal people live. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's been great. Um, now that at least in this area there aren't any restrictions as far as going to the movie theater and like going and seeing an R-rated movie and be like, wow, this uh-uh. that was nice. Um, <laughs> and I've dabbled a little bit with alcohol, but mainly just at like friends' houses and anything. I still haven't been to a bar or anything like that. Uh, but these little adventures in ex-Mormonhood, as it were. Dipping your toe in, but you can't really like fully dive in because you gotta be like respectful and uh be like cognizant of your wife and your family and everything so uh, yeah that's that's a whole bit like a different uh i don't think i've ever talked to anybody that's had that kind of dilemma where they've had to like kind of meet both worlds and they've had like you you want to like see what's out there but you also have to like kind of play both both fields and that's that's gotta be hard yeah um i mean i still go to church on sunday and uh my youngest son just turned eight this year um he wants to get baptized and i i asked him i was like hey what why do you want to be baptized and he's like well I, i want my sins washed away and i just thought like I can't argue with that. That's a great reason. (laughs) Um, Anyway, (laughs) it's funny because I thought about it. It's like, well, if he turned nine, right. And then the missionaries would have to come and teach him. And I was like, Oh yeah. Let's let's hope that that doesn't happen. Cause in my mind, I was like, I don't know. I might push back on that. Yeah. Cause then they'd probably (laughs) turn on you. So (laughs) I, I just, anyway, um and, and the other weird part about this situation as it is is it's just almost a little too easy to play the role of a good mormon mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and i kind of I, um i mean i don't well i guess for lack of better terms this sounds a little extreme but i kind of hate myself for being so good at it it's just like darn it <laughs> <laughs> I know this role so well. I wish I didn't, but I can I can play the part. Yeah. Um, well, it's easy to do when that's what you've um, you've had to do. It's like because they do all through your life. You have to. There's repetition and there's just this pattern, and you have to. You know how to. I mean, I did that too. I lived I lived the life of like a good Mormon for a little. Well, you know, when I was I was doing other things. You know, kind of double life and. I'd go to a bar after I, I was a Deseret book, you know? And so <laughs> I'm just like, I, you can appearances there, you know, you can fool people just by, you know, like I said, like I was, I was wearing like a white shirt, not my garments, you know, right. just wearing a white shirt just because, and nobody questions it because they're just like, Oh, well, he's obviously wearing his garments, you know, and they just, you're good. You know, it's kind of like, and they're able to turn a blind eye to that because they're just like, well, you um, you're doing what's appears to be right, you know. And, and you're absolutely correct. And then, so I have to kind of go out of my way to like make sure that I don't wear a white shirt to church, make sure I'm wearing tennis shoes, 
Mm. I never wear a tie. Um, <laughs> my first time. Tiny, tiny little rebellions that you got to do. to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's silly. It'd be totally fine in probably any other church. But anyway. Um, and I guess, I mean, I, I do skip a lot of classes. Or I'll go with my younger kids to primary to see what they're learning to, like, correct things later. <laughs> nice. um, and it's never too deliberate. I remember there was one primary lesson about anger being a sin, and I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> Feelings are not sins. That's not how that works. Um, Ew, they said anger is a sin? I... Well, no wonder that goes back to your road rage thing. Like the, like that just, um, and I've, that goes into like the toxic positivity that they always are. So like, um, you have, you can't just sit in your feelings, your negative emotions. Cause those are bad. Those are, that's obviously Satan talking to you. It's not cause God is all about good feelings. Apparently. <laughs> Yeah, he's all about guilt too. So I don't understand. <laughs> like, where is that? Ugh. He's a very complicated character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, anger, I guess, has been a big focus on my ex-Mormon adventure so far. Um, I mean, I know. Actually, let's see. I'm not sure at what point we started communicating. Um, but so I've been pretty active on Instagram. Wasn't your handle for a while Angry Ex Mormon or something? So yep. it was like. Yeah. <laughs> so I was Angry Ex Mormon yeah. for a long time. <laughs> and uh, that got me so much attention from uh, Christians and Muslims, actually. Oh, really? They would contact me and, <laughs> and they uh, they probably wanted nothing but goodness for me, right? They, they wanted the best for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they thought for sure, like, oh, this guy's hurt mormonism we will swoop in and we will save him oh and and i I would have to try to kindly explain like oh no 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 no. i'm i'm done with religion yeah we can't it's not a thing for me (laughs) um but it's gotten to the point yeah i've taken that out so it's just ex-mormon rhetoric now partially Mm. because like (laughs) i thought about it i was like well Maybe when I get past it and move on to the next step, and I, and I, I you look at the five stages of grief, and I'm like, well, wh- so what? Next, am I going to change it to just like sad Mormon? And then like, <laughs> what comes after acceptance? It's like, what do I do then? Freedom. Right. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I will admit that is sort of a goal, right? I don't want this always to be such a focus, but like that's already happened. Um, I used to post at least three times a day mm-hmm. and it was very, uh, I was very cathartic. And now it's gotten to a point where I communicate a lot on there. Uh, like there's a good community there uh, and there's people that, will ask me things, but there's a lot of people that I'm still asking things about like, Hey, um, how do I deal with some of these emotions or what I guess what's happened recently, which surprises me probably more than anyone is asking different people about like witchcraft or spirituality in different forms that I've never really thought about. 
And because um, that's one thing that I've never been able to figure out. Um, and I used to chalk it up as like, oh, it's just a trick of the mind. Anything spiritual is just a trick of the mind. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. It it also feels really defeating to tell yourself like, oh, well, those emotions weren't real then. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I had experiences, right? Like something was going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, and, and again, I guess part of the reason to remove that anger is to actually like sort of look back at spirituality and see how it served me and see if there's still room for it in my life, which I think there is. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I'm just not sure what form it's going to take. Yeah. And that can like look different for every, anybody, everybody like it's um, the, like some people, I know a lot of ex Mormons go the, like they end up just being like atheist or agnostic, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at, you know, and like a, I bounce back and forth, you know, and sometimes I'm like, eh, no. but honestly, like I've been out of it so long now that I'm just, it doesn't even really, uh, cross my mind anymore. Like, you know how, like when you're, when you're in the church, it's just constantly like this, like, Oh, the Holy ghost, you know, or like you have to pray about, it. you have to do this, you have to do that, you know, and it's always there. Whereas like, um, you can feel connection. Like, I'll go out in nature, you know, I'll go hiking or whatever. And I feel like connection with earth. And that to me is spiritual. That's a spiritual experience. And it doesn't have to, I don't have to kneel and pray to get that, you know, whatever good feelings, whatever. I just feel it, you know, and like, and honestly, like when I think of the Holy ghost, I think of what it is, is they've taken, um, our, basically our, our conscience and our, our intuition and made it into this, this doctrine of this Holy ghost that's telling you what to do when it's really your, you, you know what to do and your gut is telling you like, and that's, um, cause we are intuitive beings. We are like, we have connection that we don't understand to something, you know, and it doesn't, it's, um, what, and I think that when we, spirituality is really just like a way of understanding the world around us rather than like, that's how I think. And it, it kind of gets a little murky because I just, some things we just aren't meant to understand, you know, and I, I'm okay with that. And I think that like religion's all about like, we got to know the answers. We got to know what happens when we die. We got to know what, what's going. This is how we got to act. And this is, there's structure. There's got to be thing, you know, and I'm like, but why can't it just be, you know, like, why can't we just, you know, like just be humans and like, just be good to each other and be nice, you know, be like, don't be killing everybody and don't be doing, you know, abide by rules, but like, you don't have to like be just like, you don't have to be this like robot of, I got to pray. I got to do all this. I got to do these ceremonies. I got to do all, God doesn't care about that. Why would he care? Why would he care about all those like little minute details? Why would he care about you having road rage? Why would he care about you watching pornography? Why? Like all those little things don't matter. Like, all you just all you need to do is love each other, love one another, love yourself, like be um be confident in who you are, know that you're a um like that you're you are a person that matters and you hold up space, you take up space, and that's 
that's all that I mean that's all that matters. <laughs> There's my rant. <laughs> I love the idea of two military guys talking about hippy dippy stuff. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but totally, and it it's one of the things I miss the most about the desert is I could just walk out of my house and then like all of a sudden be in no man's like, land hills and oh yeah like immediately it's it's just nothingness um, oh, and there's just like such a connection to it which i know for a lot of people they hate the desert and i get it but there's just something to it there is something there um granted if you ask the people on that particular base they'll say it was an ancient indian burial ground but whatever uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just being out in nature is great and um and the lack of humidity wasn't bad either Oh, yeah. Um, and so yeah i agree that sort of connection i mean that's i think that's been just the best part about leaving the church is finding so many different forms of connection whether that be through an internet community uh, mm-hmm. through nature uh being able to connect to my family in a way that doesn't immediately deal with mormonism um you know my wife and i finding ways to find things that we have in common and things that we like doing together doesn't immediately deal with religion um and i will admit that's been great mm-hmm. when those things happen but it's also been a challenge in its own way um well yeah because your oh, whole marriage and your whole relationship is centered around the the church and then you have to so you have to it's just like where you're kind of figuring out yourself too you got to figure out your relationship and what you have that's outside of that that core bond that you had yeah no this is a, a long transition process yeah <laughs> um but uh the dc temple has recently had open houses lately and we went to it um and man you cannot take a bad picture of that building i tried um <laughs> and and I almost got a little upset when we were leaving because I was like, Dad, I didn't want to have a good time here. Um, <laughs> and, and it was nice, right? It was pleasant. I was there with my family. Um, and this is a family that at one time where I, I was sealed to. And now I'm not because I decided not to be. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I think... especially from certain family members' point of view, they see what I've done as not considering the consequences of the promises that people make in the temple. Mm-hmm. And, right, like, it, it's just two different perspectives, right? It's impossible for me to explain to them, like, well, no, those promises are built on a lie. Like, they don't mean anything. Not only do they not mean anything to me, right, like, they, they don't mean anything. Um, <laughs> but again, ex- like, oh, sorry. I was just saying that's my perspective. Well, that's exactly it. Is that um, they attach so much meaning to those things that, um, and when you look at it from an outside perspective, it's like those don't really, just like what I was saying, like it doesn't really matter. Like uh, it only matters because we make it matter. And um, the church is nothing without, the people and the people that make it make those things 
matter and because they have leaders that say oh these things matter and so we and they listen to that and they're like oh okay those are the things i need to do to have those eternal blessings and then and it's a comforting thought you know because it's like hey i'm sealed with my family forever and so i got to do these things those um and for people that think that way too it's kind of it's nice like people that have lists you know that like to have Oh, the check off the list, you know, and I, um, I'm not that type of person, never have been, but, um, and maybe that's why the church just eventually just didn't work for me (laughs) because I was like, yeah, I'm going to go. And I'm actually one of the obstinate type of people that will like, oh, because you told me to do that, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) How long were you in the Navy? (laughs) Well, exactly. That's the thing. So I was able to do it in the Navy because I was like, hmm, I got to do that because I don't want to get in trouble. But (laughs) (laughs) I got it, got it. Motivation is amazing. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that, when I talk to people that are still and and they and they are willing to hear me out a little bit um sort of the feedback that i've gotten is right that if for them and i realize that this is true for a very younger version of me like like if any of those shelf items actually did impact me on the mission uh life would have seemed very meaningless um right like it would have that would have been hugely depressing at the mm-hmm. time. Um, not that that hasn't been part of my journey. Uh, and I guess it's been sort of helpful actually that I have a wife and kids to keep me grounded and recognize what's important in life. Um, so that as I lose, have lost my faith, it wasn't as devastating as I realized it probably could have been. Would this have happened when I was like, a teenager or or during the mission um that would have been really hard to just sort of let go of everything um whereas yes it has been a long transition and it probably will continue to be for me now uh but it definitely doesn't it doesn't hurt as much, though I recognize I have much more complicated consequences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, anyway. I think when we're, it is hard for me. Sometimes I'll do, even though I've been away from the church for so as long, like I've been resigned for three years, something like that, but I've been out of it for like a decade. But like the, um, I still get like the guilt you, you keep bringing up consequences and I just, I think it's, that's definitely something that like I still have in the back of my brain where I just like, I think of, well, what if, Oh, I didn't, you know, what if there is something like, what if they actually are right? And like, like, is it God? And he's really actually mad at me. And the reason I am having like bad luck or whatever is because of this, you know, because I didn't, I'm, because I left the church and I, I'm, um, I'm just, doing i'm up to i'm at satan's will you know kind of thing and i um and so i i still have those moments and i'm just like why am i th- what and i just you kind of you, you know, like shut up jake it's fine that's mormon jake talking stop it <laughs> you know <I'm> just like, <laughs> so you just kind of like it 
it's weird because you kind of end up like training yourself to just like push that aside and just like you know consequences be they what be what they may and i i'm sure that's harder for you to do especially like with your circumstances but like maybe eventually hopefully you'll be able to get to where point where those consequences aren't always in your mind and aren't always something that you're aware of and i understand that you um you're walking a like a border you know and it's that's um i i'm not trying to tell you how to live but like <laughs> i'm just saying like i um i can relate in that i was i was doing that for a long time too you know and i think a lot of and people that leave the church do that for a while like they what do they call it the um physically in mentally out or something like that the okay. pima or whatever right. and um it's so like they're doing all the things they're going through the motions but they're not actually invested in it they don't really believe in it anymore but they're staying in for the sake of others so that's um and that's just a really hard line to walk i think but yeah (laughs) because and i and i i guess i'm glad i did it because i sort of hastily resigned that's pushed me to maybe rebel and push back a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, granted it's now requiring me to communicate a whole lot more which has, <laughs> as has been the theme not something i'm good at um, <laughs> but having to communicate a lot more about like okay where do we stand on how we're raising kids what's going on um best example i can think of mm-hmm. is uh my oldest son he's 13 um and he shares a phone with his sister Arguably, they all share it, but like my eight and six year old don't really need access to a, a phone. But anyway, right. uh, so we check their <laughs> we check their text messages, right? And at one point, I'm reading these, and you have a girlfriend, oh. and he's like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> I was like, "You're in the seventh grade. How does this work?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out." And he's like, "Do you have any pointers?" I was like, "No." No, I don't. <laughs> I didn't date till I could drive. Like, do you go on dates? And he's like, no. You know how I like hang out over at her house? And I was like, yeah. And he explained the situation. Like, they didn't even go. He never even went into her house. They would like hang out at the park behind her house, and other kids were there. And I was like, huh. Well, that seems okay, I guess. Like, yeah. it was a whole new territory, and I was just like, what do I? you i have no experience with this at all i'm not prepared oh, yeah i don't uh, i don't envy you on that one well, <laughs> <laughs> teens man i don't i i don't understand i feel so old because i'm like i have my little sister that's she's turning 15 in a couple of weeks and i'm like mm. <laughs> uh she's she's like a daughter to me but she's it's weird it's a it's a whole thing um but she <laughs> uh she'll talk about like kids at schools like going out like making out and i'm like you guys are kids stop it stop it right yeah (laughs) Um, and so they like just seeing the different uh pictures they send of like each other hugging and i'm just like this is fine right is this okay this is okay super concerned about it she's like this is not okay we need to put a stop to this and i was just like like what are they gonna do yeah it's our son. He's fine. He's not going to 
do anything. Um, <laughs> but it's, it was an adventure following the text messages, and then she broke up with him via text message. Oh, so, no. oh. I got to see that. And, <laughs> uh, and he was sad for a day or two. Um, and then, and I, I got to kind of hand it to the church for this because it's it's helped me too but like he made some new friends at young men's and like just started hanging out with them more and and that was good for him and so it's like well you know friendship is great no matter what um and then i put him in taekwondo so (laughs) (laughs) there you go (laughs) yeah (laughs) like all right clearly we need to we need to eat up all of your free time yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man um yeah, I'd imagine uh, raising kids, yeah, raising a family, like trying to find that balance, and like you're like, ooh, you got to give them a life that you didn't have, you know, kind of that you didn't have too, and just like not be. But it's good that he's. Um, I was while you're telling that, I was like, it's good that he's like open about it. Whereas like I know a lot of Mormon families where like. At least, especially mine. Like, I would never talk to like as a teenager. I would, if I were going out with somebody, I wouldn't have told my parents. <laughs> like, yeah. I, so it's good that, that you have that uh, connection with your son that probably wouldn't have been there if you didn't have the this experience to make the effort to communicate with them in a different way. So, um, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does, and. Uh... Over the past uh, three years, we've had lots of opportunities to have good conversations. Um, And mental health has been an issue in our family for a while. And I know the church isn't always up to date with that, Mm -hmm. uh, but my wife is, right? So regardless of what the church's stance is, uh, her views have always been very supportive. Um, granted I think the only views that are actually maybe behind the times are me I always have to study and catch up and be like wait <laughs> what's what's going on who's got what now because uh, there's different diagnoses that come out for four kids I mean you gotta I'm trying to keep up um, so that's an adventure in its own right but yeah no, there have been opportunities where we definitely have to reach out and communicate and figure that out um, I guess my metaphor for that is, and and not to be extreme, but anyone that was raised in a family that maybe was a little neglectful or worst case, right, abusive, you learn as a child, okay, well, this is how I don't want to raise my family, mm-hmm. but that it still leaves so many options for like the wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I got married eight months after I returned from my mission and we start having kids two years after marriage. So, I mean, in Mormon terms, we put it off for a little while, yeah, I was um, say that's... <laughs> but, um, yeah, for a long time it was, I mean, we, we've had help with family throughout the years, so that's been good, but it's yeah, it's been an adventure of trial and error for sure. 
Um, but it, it seems as they're getting older, it seems like we're doing a few things the right way. So that's that's nice. Yeah. Um, good payoff. <laughs> luckily, no young men's leaders have talked to me about it, though, I guess. Now that I think about it, why would they? Uh, but no young men's leaders have talked to my wife about it. Is that every now and then my son will be like, hey, why don't girls have the priesthood? <laughs> oh, nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> like. That's a good question. He's like, will you tell me the answer? I was like, I will not. <laughs> I think the simple answer is because they said so. But like, if you want doctrinal stuff, you go read, you find out for yourself. Because mm. uh, I can't, I can't. Between my wife and I, right? Like, I can't be the guy that just sitting there feeding them what I think. I can't do that. Right. Um not not only does that not sit well with her, right? That wouldn't sit well with me for me to just be like whispering whatever. Yeah, and just sway one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Which which I hate myself for even saying it that way, right? It's not anti-Mormon stuff. It's facts. But like, <laughs> that's still the way I, part of my brain that clearly thinks about it. Anyway. I, well, and... <laughs> When you say that, I think of them. I still think of. Um, I was telling somebody a story from a mission, and there was an investigator, which I hate that term, but you know, an investigator that was like, she had been antied, and that's another term that you always yeah. hear. In and just to think of that, like I'm just like, and like I was, I said that term, and I was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like either of those. Investigator and antied. I don't. Mm-mm. Oh, she found the facts. Got it. <laughs> she found the truth. <laughs> she realized um, her bullshit. <laughs> I will admit, I, as bad as Investigator is, it's much better than what the missionaries are doing now. Um, we've got some sister missionaries in the ward. We need to have them over. And they'll be talking about their friends. And I'm just like, wait, what? Who? They're like, our friends. We're teaching our friends. And I was like, oh. oh. Oh my good, like my head kind of exploded. I was like, oh, is that what you're calling investigators now? You're calling them friends? This is a problem. That <laughs> is a big problem because that's. Oh my goodness. Ew, I don't like that. Mm-mm. No. Uh, <laughs> that's worse. That is worse. I'll have to double check, but I think that's a church wide policy. I think missionaries call the people they're teaching their friends now. Oh, God. I don't. So that makes me feel things icky. that the Mormon church does with language is. Just atrocious. You know, it's pretty genius what they do, actually, if you think about it. Like, the, <laughs> like let's get rid of the word Mormon. Like, mm, <laughs> that's what everybody knows you at. But that's also, you Google Mormon, and then it just, like, that's the bad place. Because, <laughs> so they don't want you to do that anymore. So, of course, genius. Like, let's just cut that off from them you know like ugh, i just well let's start calling investigators friends because it makes them sound less scary got it <laughs> uh, anyway um, i just uh, i don't know i mean the investigator or how to word it the people that missionaries teach yeah. and the missionaries <laughs> that relationship right like that's already kind of a tenuous relationship in the first place. I feel like there were so many people that I taught um, that allowed us to come back and teach them because of some sort of 
interpersonal connection with specific missionaries, right? And once that mm-hmm. specific missionary is gone, so is suddenly that testimony, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so it's just to refer to them as your friends <laughs> when you might not even be in the area in six weeks, like that's anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> gross. That could be a whole uh, thing. <laughs> I'm glad you told me about that because now I can feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> this this is, uh, this is the best part about the ex Mormon community is we all get to be angry and disgusted together. It's it's wonderful. I love it so much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I. We'll get like done with recording with Dusty and we'll be like, okay, I need a shower now. <laughs> like, just like, I need a good strong drink. <laughs> uh, mouthwash and hands, is it right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can I, is there a way to uh, scrub my eyes? <laughs> oh, good. Um, there wasn't. When we went to visit the DC temple, there wasn't photography allowed. But like, so they go through the changing room, right? And they show you where the initiatories are done. Oh, yeah. And the kids were asking, like, well, so what is this? And I was like, well, there's there's a ritual done there. And I'm just like, man, what? I can't. I really can't say anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and that wasn't even so much like that I promise not to or anything. It's just that like, how do I explain this to a child? <laughs> like, I'm yeah. like, it's just, there's a ritual done there. Let's leave that alone. <laughs> that whole thing, the initiatory was never, I never, there was no warning, <laughs> no warning. They're just, you're just going to put on this thing. And you're going to be completely naked underneath it. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> and they're going to put oil on you. That's cool. Yeah. Like, how do you even, how, how, how do you, there's no way to even explain that even, and you try to explain that to like an outsider and they're like, honey, you're in a cult. And, uh, <laughs> but I just, I, that, I remember when I went to get my endowments out, I was like, what the fuck is happening? That was my first, what the fuck. And then there's the prayer circle. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, and I remember like when uh, my sister went through <laughs> right before her wedding and I remember being in the prayer circle with her and she was right across from me and I was like making sure to make eye contact with her during that time just to see just to see the reaction and it was like, beautiful it was a beautiful it was exactly the deer in the headlights look that you expect and it was a priceless look that I will, will live with me forever because I was just like yep Breathe it in. Just take it in. This is what we've been doing. Our whole lives have led up to this moment. (laughs) And you think it's so great. Um, I always felt uncomfortable at that part. Always. Think of the, oh, oh God, hear the words. uh, No, mm -mm, no. What am I, like, you look around like, what the fuck am I doing right now? (laughs) Like, every time. It never felt right to me. <laughs> no, it was, I remember distinctly. Um, I guess it must have been the first time you were standing up 
everyone's standing upright and you're all putting on robes and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess the, the first sign of the Melchizedek priesthood. And I remember looking around the room and being like, oh, this is why everyone thinks we're a cult. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't no, it all out, But I clearly <laughs> thought that, like, oh, this is why. <laughs> and in my head, right, the immediate counter argument, because as a good Mormon, my mm-hmm. head already, like, I did my own apologetics. Yeah. Head was just like, oh, yeah, but you're doing this for an individual. Their name is in your pocket, right? It's all an individual work, right? It's fine. Yeah. yeah it's for them. Okay. It's for their salvation. It's not, but, oh, God. Oh, no. It was my first time I was doing it for me, but still. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, it was just, it was wild, right? You're looking around, you're like, this is the, this is the reason that everyone thinks we're a cult. <laughs> And then I and then I carried on. I just yeah. kept going. Oh yeah, you just and you got to do it religiously, <laughs> but you gotta you know keep going because they want you to get you know indoctrinated in it and have that in your brain all the time. You just yeah. Anyway, yeah. Repetition. Um, that's how that's how they get you. I, um, I was on Not So Molly Mormon, and we read this um, this thing. Oh, it was a talk by, what's his fuck, um, Rusty Nilsson, <laughs> Russell M. Nilsson, <laughs> and good old Rusty, and uh, it was repeat repetition, like the whole talk, he just kept repeating stuff, and I was like, and he's talking to teens, and I'm like, he's doing this on purpose, because he's trying to get this in their heads. Mm. And yeah, that Mormon rhetoric is just poison. It's amazing. They, uh, you're right though. They definitely know what they're doing with their words. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Um, and I was such a sucker for it. Uh, in the MTC, uh, <laughs> yeah, in the MTC, there was an opportunity to do like three hours of initiatories, and I volunteered oh, yeah. for that. Ooh. Um. Oh, and, honey, and like why? you mentioned, this is back in the day where it's just the shield and there's nothing underneath. Mm-hmm. And, um, and part of me is like, I must have been uncomfortable, right? And I'm like, I don't, that doesn't stand out to me. I remember doing it. I remember my head just <laughs> dripping with oil. But oh. like, I don't remember being terribly uncomfortable about yeah, it. Yeah, that's probably because you did it for three hours and let them keep touching you. I'm like, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Desensitized to it, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's wild. Like this is fine. It's like that dog meme where he's sitting in fire, and he's like, <laughs> "This is fine. It's fine." And yeah. everything is on fire. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I'm glad I haven't heard it too much, but this is where it comes down to the like, you know, if you if you left the church, why can't you leave it alone? Thing, right? Okay, like, so yeah. I personally haven't gone that too much. But yeah. <laughs> This is where that comes from, right? Like, do you understand what I used to do mm-hmm. by choice? Yeah. Ugh. Oh, man. The other way I did explain it to someone recently um, on Instagram, and he's a member, um, was like, hey, I'm doing the same thing I was taught to do as a missionary. I'm just spreading the truth as I understand it. <laughs> I'm just really angry about it right now. Though. That's all. <laughs> yeah, you're doing the um, the real missionary work, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't 
I don't know if I've done, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what impact I've had. I am constantly shocked that almost a thousand people follow me. It blows my mind because I started this whole thing to just scream into the void. Yeah. And then when a community kind of came back, I was like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, so it, yeah. it's been a good journey, <laughs> as strange as it is. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, that's what, exactly why I started this, too, was to kind of, you know, I, it's more cathartic for me, I think, <laughs> than anything. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the podcast. I um, yeah, it's been nice. Like I, I get feedback, and like I, I have, you know, I talk to, you know, meet people like you, and um, that, and we able to make connections and stuff. So, and I think that's what it, um is important. To, and I've talked about this before, where we like ex Mormons, we just like we've trauma bond, you know, because we're able to connect on that level, and we like we can talk about <laughs> fucking weird shit in the temple and laugh about it. <laughs> Whereas like, if you were, you know, talk to an outsider, they just, or like somebody that's never been Mormon, they'd just be like, um, that's weird. <laughs> and, uh, you should be more terrified than you are. And I'm like, no, nah, it's fine. It's whatevs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess recently I, I posted the the secret handshakes and uh, the other person shaking my hand is a, a sergeant of mine. And uh, frequently he, he'll just yeah. ask questions. He's super interested about it. And all the time I'll tell him some story and his only response, it's the same every time. is like, man, that's a fucking call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I can actually remember. Um, so I'd go out with my friend, Lincoln and we would um he's a trans man that was on the Navy and uh he would we just get started talking about religion because he was raised in Texas and then um he was and very like he went to this he told me about this experience where he went to a church with this um he was interested in this girl that invited him to church and then um they basically like outed him at the time he was um he identified more just queer, like lesbian. And then, um, but then later on, you know, the trans, uh, identity came along, but the, um, he, (laughs) so we connected on that, but then like, I would tell him stuff about casually, just be like, yeah, I was raised Mormon. And I'd be telling him all this stuff, you know, like, that's what we believed. And he was just like, his jaws dropping. And he's just like, uh, what? And as I'm retelling it, I'm just like, huh. That's fucking weird, actually. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know, and just like seeing the way he looks at me, and I was like, uh, gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Yep. <laughs> the more I tell it, the more I'm just like, well, I believed that shit. All right. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, and it's it's fun telling it to people that have no idea about it, mm-hmm. just to see like, Oh, this is how this is a normal reaction. This is okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that. There it is. There it is. I was waiting for <laughs> it. <Yep>. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Now I will admit, and this right. So I only joined the army three years ago, uh, but I've been struggling with some of these shelf items since. That's so I was twenty-five, and I left when I was 
So, you know, somewhere around a decade of kind of going through it on my own. Um, and I never read the CES letter, right? I tried to, oh. I don't know. I just, I was told like, it just seemed very taboo. I was like, okay, I'll stay away from oh, it. Yeah. Try to so find the answers on my own. Uh, so the gospel topic essays were, uh, yeah. <laughs> we ended it. And then my final straw really was um, on Reddit. I found the faith crisis report. Oh. Um, now I didn't find that till 2017, late 2017. Um, but it was published in 2013. Um, oh. So by some church lawyers called the faith crisis report. And it basically has all the questions that like anyone going through a faith crisis would have. And I'm like, oh, great. This will have the answers. It does not have the answers. It does not at all. Have the answers. <laughs> basically, they acknowledge like these are the problems people have with the church. Mm-hmm. We need them to focus on their testimony. We need them to focus on their calling. And it's just like, oh, you don't have the answers. Oh. You, you know what the problems are. And you want us to focus on something else. And I was so mad. I was, I felt so betrayed. I was just like, really, you know what the problems are and you're not going to address them at all. Fuck this. Um, Yeah, that was, yeah. So that's (laughs) out of all the things I could have put in my bio. That's why that has pretty fairly consistently. uh, I've changed it a few times, but pretty consistently the faith crisis report is the web uh the url in my bio like go there if, yeah. if you're still wondering yeah i might have to i'm gonna have to look at that because i i don't think i've ever looked at that mm-hmm. interesting uh and that's put out by the church like a, so put out by it's put out by church lawyers um you look at some of the names that are associated with it uh surprising i think john delin's on there actually um oh. yeah <laughs> so there's a few names that you'll recognize and be like oh i know those names some of them are exmo some of them aren't so it's uh-huh. interesting um, and that's always surprised me i'm like wow you helped contribute to this and you're still all right all right whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh. um but you know for some people the belief the belief in the testimony, like that's more important. Uh, I know again for my wife, like I don't, I feel like we've had the conversation, right? If that question of if you, if it wasn't true, would you want to know? And more or less I, her question, her answer is no. Like she, it's too important to her. It, she doesn't want to know. Um, and I guess that sort of translates to my approach, right? It's why I don't just spout out information. Gotta try to be respectful and loving, mm-hmm. um, which is weird, right? Because for me now, part of me being loving is like, well, I I really want to share this with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will be frank. At the beginning, I did probably overshare some things that were upsetting. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Well, it's just I mean, I, with you talking about that, I was like kind of do that with my family because I want my family is still members I don't I have very few that either there's some are inactive but I don't I think there's just me and maybe a couple other cousins that have just like don't have anything to do with it you know and so but like my immediate family is all into it you know and so I the 
quote unquote loving thing to do, I guess, is to just, uh, yeah. And I live with my parents right now and they'll be like praying over the, they stop everything to pray over the meals, you know, and so, and I just like respectfully just sit there for a minute, you know, like let them do their thing. And then I just move up, go about my, you know, eat my meal, you know, just, uh, so yeah, I totally, uh, I don't know. There's like a, this little, I guess you don't want to disrespect their faith or whatever, but at the same time, you're just like, eh, I know better. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I mean, I try not to have that attitude, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's the, my attitude, I guess. Don't be like me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I feel like at home, I definitely have to play along a little bit more. Um, I don't know how it was in the Navy, but in the army, we, when we have change of command ceremonies, uh, they have benedictions. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, and so the, the chaplain will get up and pray. Yeah. <laughs> and so I will right. everyone else will bow their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll make it a point to stand at attention and just sort of scan. Ah, Cause yeah. I'll be in formation and then I'll, I'll scan whoever's coming back. And it's great to catch the other atheists staring back at you because nice. <laughs> both of you aren't bowing your head. <laughs> yeah. um, it's how I found out one of the pilots was ex-Mormon because he was staring right back at me. And I went oh, and asked nice. him, I was like, hey, <laughs> it sparked a whole conversation. It was great. <laughs> nice. Oh. Yeah, I can remember doing that at basic and I was like, because they would you'd go through the whole, oh, the whole thing's just about, like, preparing for the graduation ceremony, really. Like, you'd get information to march and to be able to march in graduation or whatever. Or, is that what they call it? My, anyway. Um, I mean, that's graduate. basically what it is. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's not graduation. Why am I calling it graduation? Is that what it's called? It's... Huh. I'm having a weird moment right now. Let's see. Anyway, but the <laughs> I can't remember any other term for it. I guess we'll call it graduation. Yeah, for now, all intents and purposes, it's graduation. And um, they do have a part in there where you stand at parade rest and bow your head. And I was like, oh, this, I hate this. <laughs> uh, oh man. Anyway, or maybe it was tension. I can't remember. Wow, it's been a while. I am. Doing great. I was a, I was a good sailor. I promise. <laughs> it was funny, a basic. Um, what was it? I think it was at the command rest. Oh. It wasn't full out. I think it was the command rest. Like right, you can do you can do anything as long as your uh, left foot doesn't change the formation. Mm-hmm. Might have been the right. But anyway, and they're like anything. Uh, and one drill sergeant was like, "Yeah, you could smoke in formation." And then. In my in all my time, right? I'm like, I've never seen anyone smoke in formation. Get out of here. Nope. <laughs> People get smoked in formation, but that's a totally different yeah, conversation. That's different. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, I won't keep more of your time. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? To, um... Oh man, I uh, <laughs> I appreciate this. I think I've covered more than i was anticipating so this has been great it's <laughs> yeah. been awesome yeah it's been really good we'll have to do this again and we can maybe i can like read some crazy shit to you and you can respond to it 
I got I got a quiz, man. I got like <laughs> I got things to tell you, like the oh yeah. Um, and I have endless resources because I live amongst them. <laughs> so, <laughs> goodness. Actually, oh my goodness. I was uh, looking for an ID card for my wife earlier today to get on base, and I came across my white handbook from my mission in her purse. No way. No, no way. <laughs> I don't have mine anymore, and that would be awesome to go through. So, we should do that. That would be great. That's coming up, listeners. Just wait. We're going to do this. All right. <laughs> well, thank you for being on. Um, and it's been, I know a lot of things that you said will uh, get to some listeners, The you know, and I, I, I've enjoyed the conversation. So thank you. This has been awesome. You're welcome.